This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, a sporty week it was. And at the start of the week, if you told me we'd all be talking about a lost submarine or submersible is the correct term. Mm. Anything's possible, but I wouldn't have picked it. Yeah, exactly. It was a massive story this week. Uh, The biggest when it came to the news that Aussie searched online. So we're going to follow that up as well as with the latest from Alice Springs. Yeah, speaking of follow-up, we'll let you know about what our recent survey that many of you took found as well. Let's get into it. Claire, outside of the serious news this week was the devastating news, in my humble opinion, (laughs) that fantails will be discontinued. In honour of the fantail, I was going to give you um, a bit of a fantail quiz. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? Here's why. I've eaten um, approximately... A packet of fantails since this news came out. This is just an excuse for you to eat all the fantails, isn't it? Okay. There's a lot of rappers here. (laughs) All right, here we go. Born in Scotland in 1956, he moved to Australia in 1961. Right. Keep going. Yeah. An apprentice iron smelter whose love for music led him to join a band. You're going to get it in a minute. Which later became known as Cold Chisel. Jimmy Barnes. Got it. Well done. That was quite quick. One more. Okay. One more for fun. All right. Ready? Born in 1980. This is, they're all men. Yeah. He's a Canadian actor who began his career as a child star on Disney's Mickey Mouse Club. Ryan Reynolds. No, no, no. Okay. Shall I continue? Keep going. His first serious role was in The Believer in 2001, going on to have roles in many independent films. I didn't know this about this person. Mm. It's quite, see, fair tales. (laughs) He came to the attention of a wider audience with performances in The Notebook. Oh, the other one. The other Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Jack Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. There well you go. done. There Were you they go. both in, what was Ryan Reynolds in Disney? I, Mickey Mouse? That's a good question. I don't know. Oh, but maybe we'll get into it was that a, later. Yeah, I think Justin Timberlake, maybe. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. There's a quite a few of them. Yeah. Anyway, Fantails, we're devastated. We've eaten a lot this week. Um, and on top of that news, yes. there's also a food related story that I want to bring up. And I don't know where to put it, but I thought it was important to discuss. <laughs> Twisty. Mm. have done a partnership with Donut King. Yep. And you'll be able to buy Donut King flavoured twisties soon. This has really caught your attention. I know it's been quite a spin out this week. <laughs> I love twisties and I love donuts, I but know. I don't know about the two of them together. And my mind goes straight to my mouth. Like I actually think about what would that taste like in my mouth. It might actually be okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. I love twisties. I really love cinnamon donuts, but together I just don't. I don't know. When they come out, we'll give them a go and we'll let you know. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about the news. Okay. Um, that was news. But the biggest story this week, obviously, the Titan submersible disaster. It was one of those ones, given the nature of it, you couldn't sort of help but follow along. Yeah, and most of the week we're spending this really terrible countdown with that emergency oxygen supply, uh, of course, waiting 
to see whether it mm. would hit that 96 hours and whether they could get to them in time. But, of course, uh, all of this taking place, that overlay of where the Titanic is, which yeah, was just so this dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, other layer of interest, um, it's a long way off the coast of the United States and Canada. Getting help was really hard. There isn't a lot of specialised equipment in the world either that could actually deal with it. What we know now is debris has been found. There was likely what they're calling a catastrophic disaster underwater mm. at some point. It's only natural now that the conversation has turned to one about the risks of these kind of adventures, I guess. Yeah, so early Friday morning I was watching ABC News, not the Australian version but the American version, and they had this interview with James Cameron, who of course is the director of the Titanic. Um, he's become a bit of an underwater explorer, so he does know what he's know talking this. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, He had some very specific things to say about Ocean Gate, so the company behind the Titan, um, and he said that what they were doing was way too experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll read you this quote. He said, I'm struck by the similarity of the Titanic disaster itself, where the captain was repeatedly warned about the ice ahead of his ship, yet he steamed ahead at full speed. Yeah, and as I said, I I kind of didn't realise that he had become an explorer himself. He's Mm. been to the wreck 33 times. I guess we're going to find out a whole lot more about what might have happened to these poor people. Five people have died in this event. Claire, let's leave that one there. Um, Big news also was State of Origin, um, Queensland. On that series? That really hurt you, I know, Kate. Well, it should hurt you too. Well, You're a New South Welshman. <laughs> very true. And look, not as enthusiastically following the rugby league as you do. But yeah, I know that really hurt. It was so a, bit, it was a bit of an embarrassment. You've Did really you see? gone through the week very well. Thank you. Did you see the women's game last night? I watched a bit of that actually. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And I mean, it's a bit weird because um, New South Wales won the second game, but yeah. they didn't win the series because it's all about how many points Count you score, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So not a good week for New South Wales. Taylor Swift, though, is coming to Australia, Claire. So, uh, you know, I'm. I, it's been a ride, I tell you what. The it is been an a emotional rollercoaster for you this week. <laughs> I reckon we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah, we will. Claire, the news story we're talking about this week, we went back and forth on this a little bit, mm. but um, one of the things we really try and do is make sure we don't forget big news stories and make sure we double back on them and come back to them yeah. um, when there's an update or when something relevant happens. We spent a lot of time at the start of the year talking about the crime crisis in Alice Springs. Um, yesterday, The Australian reported some new figures showing crime has come down significantly since reinstating those alcohol bans. Yeah, so incidents of domestic violence and assault have decreased by more than a third. Um, reports say that they were up to 260 of those reports in January. In April, it was down to 170. And look, no one is saying that 170 reports of domestic violence and assault is okay. Um, But at that level, police are much more able to enforce law and order in the town and across that broader region. Before we get into this um, latest update, let's just quick recap on, on what happened last year. So July last year, so nearly a year ago now, laws that banned alcohol in remote communities and town camps and restricted sales in Alice Springs lapsed. The Northern Territory government didn't replace them because Chief Minister Natasha Files and her government, they were sort of of the view that they were racist laws and there was yeah. a lot of debate about that. What happened off the back of that, though, was alcohol-related crime really spiked and that's when we saw that crime crisis as they described it. Yeah, that's a really good potted summary of all of that. But what happened at the start of this year is that 
coalition leader Peter Dutton went to Alice Springs. He mm. made a lot of noise about it. Um, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese responded and they both put a lot of pressure on the Territory Government to do something about putting some bans and some restrictions back in place. So what happened was the Territory Government did place restrictions on takeaway grog uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays. That was banned and stopped altogether. Um, limits on purchasing alcohol through the rest of the week and then grog bans entirely in those town camps and communities, um, they were put back into complete dry zones again. Yeah, so you can't drink in any of those places. Um, the thinking being that a lot of people were coming to these centres and mm. drinking a lot and then crime was spiking and there's a whole lot of discussion about what the nub of the problem is. But mm. what we know now is that crime has decreased. This was hotly debated. Of course, the government also announced, Claire, $250 million in funding as part of the what they called emergency response. Mm. Interestingly, um, you and I in our sort of um, research on this discovered that hasn't been spent yet. It was a big part of the Albanese government's response and it's for programs to address the complex entrenched social challenges facing the region. One of the local MPs there has complained that the dollars aren't flowing. They haven't been spent yet. Yeah, and of course it's easy to think that some of this can get very political. But, uh, of course, when it comes to announcements and expectations and emergencies, um, it's been quite a revelation. I think for some people that it hasn't actually mm. rolled out. So uh, digging around on all of that, $155 million was allocated as part of the federal budget. So that's $95 million short of oh, what was good promised. Maths, Thank you very much. I got my calculator <laughs> out for that. Um, the Albanese government, though, says that the full amount will actually be committed to responding to that issue. Um, as for why the money hasn't been spent, they say that the regional controller, Darrell Anderson, who we talked about quite a bit at the start oh, of the year. Oh, she's in charge of this, yeah. She's that well-known bureaucrat in yeah. that part of the world. Um, she's been consulting with the communities and also the frontline services about exactly how to deploy those funds. And I guess that it's a fine balance to weigh up emergency measures with appropriate use of taxpayer funds and yeah. that's where the conversation is now. Yeah. That's a pretty good wrap of um, where things are at. Yeah. Let's do what's coming up. Coming up next week, Claire, is still more sport. Mm. Sorry for people who don't like sport, but if you want to know what's in the news headlines, it's what's in the news headlines. <laughs> Wait until we get to Wimbledon as well. I know, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, we have the second Ashes Test starting on Wednesday night, coming off an awesome win, Claire. Oh, uh, it was pretty magic. It yeah. was so cool. I wish I was up I to know. see it. It's yeah. the part of the quirk of the timing, isn't it? Um, the women are also playing their test match against England as we speak. Um, test cricket can be exciting. Yeah. It's a bit of a newsflash, I know. <laughs> but if you've ever been to those um, games and thought, oh, I couldn't sit through five days of this, actually gets pretty exciting. Yeah, so, I'm a convert, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> um, we are also into Super Netball semifinals part of the season yeah. um, that kicks off this weekend. And I've been asking you all week to explain <laughs> what on earth is happening in netball because I've had these little snippets of yeah. news about crisis and disaster and a lot of tension and a lot of upheaval. So over to you. It has been littered throughout the news for the last sort of fortnight or more. Yeah, There's a few bits and pieces to it. So first of all, um, when it comes to super netball, a few weeks ago it was announced that the Collingwood Magpies would not continue with their super netball club. So 
the club would completely be dissolved as far as netball goes. Um, so the last three rounds of the competition, Colin would have had to play knowing that that's the end that's of their club. That's yeah. it. Um, a really tough ask, a really emotional yeah. thing for the players. It's been quite a thing. Long story short, Super Netball has said they'll remain with an eight-team competition. So the big question is what club will fill that eighth spot if it's not yeah. Collingwood? And we don't know the answer to that yet. Is there a natural, like is it like the Tasmania needs a club? Well, or? this is the argument that there should be two Victorian teams. Right. So gotcha. a lot of people saying it has to be in Victoria, but we really just don't know yet. On a national level, do you want yep. me to keep going? Yeah, yeah. So on I'm a national in. level at the same time, there's been disputes between the Players Association and Netball Australia for a long time yeah. about their playing agreement. It reached sort of a crescendo, I guess, when Netball Australia emailed players and told them that if they did not sign a new three-year collective player agreement, that's the technical term, their CPA, their pay, the national team would not be named. And the World Cup is in... July. Like just a few weeks. Yeah. So they stuck to that. They didn't name the team. What they said was they wouldn't do so until this CPA was signed. Q in the last round of the competition, huge outrage from players, plenty of others. Like you're holding us hostage. That was the vibe. That was the vibe. Um, Long story short, by the end of the week they decided, okay, let's just leave the current CPA in place, Right. announce the Diamonds, the national team, and we'll revisit the whole mess afterwards. Oh, wow. (laughs) So just kick it down the road a little bit. Got you. Okay. And um, I guess at the the nub of all this, and we've talked about this a bit, and you and I actually dived into the annual, annual report to have a look at how netball's faring the ceo kelly ryan has said um they're happy to negotiate but netball as a whole is not in a financial position to meet further demands so netball has 4.2 million dollars worth of debt yeah and there's this overlay of all of this is the financial trouble when netball is in so the players want growth it's the biggest participation sport or one of them anyway for women in the country the idea that all of this money is washing around and that it should be a much bigger deal particularly at that national and that really high-end club level Mm. and they just can't seem to break through or get clear of the mess yeah and it's still messy so we'll hear a bit more about this um all this aside, it's going to be a really great final series. Yep. If anyone's going to tune in, the top four teams are very hard to split. Remind me who you go for. I kind of go for the Vixens, but I'm sort of on the Adelaide Thunderbirds bandwagon okay. this season. Why is that? Um, just because they've been in poor form and they're coming back okay. and I like their play. Love I mean, an you know, I don't know. Yeah, just a be a nice story. They're playing the Swifts tonight. Um, West Coast Fever are playing the Melbourne Vixens in a sudden death game on Sunday. Okay. That's where we're at. I'm in. <laughs> Free on KO, Claire. <laughs> I think my ad for netball's over now. <laughs> Amazing. Can we move on? So some other things that are going on this week, <laughs> just in case you weren't entirely wrapped up in the netball like I am. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, the judgment in the Chris Dawson carnal knowledge trial is coming down. Um, Thursday, Gladys Berejiklian and that ICAC corruption investigation, the findings are going to be handed down. So, yeah, a lot of people in New South Wales politics particularly interested to see how that goes. Yeah, and again, acknowledging it's a bit New South Wales-centric, but it was such a big story when she stepped down as Premier, given how prominent she was during the pandemic. So, thought that was relevant for most listeners. Um, Importantly also, Claire, school holidays have started for Victoria, Queensland and the NT, and they begin next week for the rest. Expect um, also, Claire, I should give you a heads up a very nervous version of me on Wednesday next week. Yeah, okay. I'm wondering what coping sort of 
help I can give you through this period. People who know what we're talking about know what we're talking about. It's when the pre-sale <laughs> tickets for Taylor Swift's concert go on sale and then the general public go out on Friday. If I miss out on tickets, I'm going to be devastated. Do you need time off? Maybe. Okay. I've been to every single one of her concerts. I went to her last one. Oh, did you? I loved it. Yeah. It's, oh, I think you said on the podcast this week, it's um, the the hottest ticket in town. Oh, yeah. It's a cultural phenomenon. That's right. That's what you said. Yeah. I liked that. Really is. Squeeze recommends, Claire, this is an extension of what we do in the Saturday Squeeze newsletter. If you're not signed up, you can jump on uh, to our website and sign up to that. And there's a link in your episode notes as well. From me, I started watching Arnold on Netflix, which you were quite surprised about. Yeah, I don't know why I was surprised because we both like biodocs. Yeah. Um, I just don't find him that compelling a character. Arnold Schwarzenegger we're talking about. He's got a, I think it's a three-part series. I've only watched the first one. But you assure me that it's really great. So he's, he's really yeah. interesting. I didn't know a lot about his history. Hmm. Um, bodybuilding is fascinating, Weird. strange. Weird. Yeah, like. In that era, I think, particularly. Yeah, yeah, really. I do recommend it. It's definitely getting a big part of the front end of Netflix for me. Like it pops up all the time. Uh, I'm recommending a long read from The New Yorker. It's about Sarah Jessica Parker. It really is a long read. Like it's a good 25-minute sit-down read. Um, The Sex and the City sequel, and just like that, has the second season start this week. It's a really interesting profile. I think I felt like I knew her, but when I thought about it, I think she's Carrie, but she's not Carrie. I thought she was. Yeah, no, she's not. that was not. the whole thing. No, she's actually quite humble. She's quite demure. Um, she talks about people sort of assimilate our characters. I would never have an affair. I would never oh, smoke. I would never yeah. drink. She doesn't drink a whole lot. She's okay. actually quite a low-key character. She also tries to work one day a week in her shoe shop. Oh, I didn't even know she had, oh, see, she I, has a shoe line. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm watching Arnold Schwarzenegger documentaries. <laughs> I think we're like poles apart here. <laughs> but look, if you like Sex in the City, it's a really interesting read because she is such a central part of all of that and yeah. it's ongoing legacy. And she has this sense, she said, particularly in the pandemic, she felt like people needed it. And she mm. gets all the criticism about updating it and the wokeness and all of the criticism. Um, she also says that fans have loved it. Yeah, it's hugely popular. She is quite something. Um, And a link to that is in your episode notes. Squeeze Press Claire is a segment of the podcast where we talk about the squeeze. We get a lot of people asking about the business and how we do things and news from us. So um, we're really pleased to be able to talk about that a little bit more every week. Um, We asked people to do a survey last week. They did. Yes. Thank you. 2,000 odd people. It was about our recent campaign with Visit Canberra. 55% of the audience now, Claire, after hearing or seeing the campaign across our newsletter, podcast or socials, are considering a trip to Canberra for a weekend away. That is amazing. What a result. It's like just an incredible result. I don't think you could get marketing results better than that. would be my take on it. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. We're really thrilled about how that campaign resonated. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, Kate, I wanted to say thanks to a squizzer by the name of Anna Tolland. Um, she's a farmer from Victoria. She emailed us this week and she said that in the mornings, um, I literally have 10 minutes to throw down a coffee, 
catch up on the news and exit the house to go and check her 2,000 ewes who are currently lambing. Mm. Anyone who knows anything about farming knows that that's a really stressful time. It's so it's sheep for anyone who doesn't yeah. know anything about farming. She does that at 6 in the morning. So yeah. um, the newsletter has been really great for her, but she says she also jumps on the podcast as she's driving around her paddocks. And she just literally sent us an email out of the blue to tell us that, which was so, so lovely. Yeah. She's also behind The Farmer and the Cook on Facebook and Instagram. She does it as a project for herself but to showcase the farmers that aren't the stereotypical and in her words yeah hay sucking flannel wearing losers <laughs> so check out farm and the cook on, on her socials I yeah think. it's a lot of fun she actually had some pictures of some use lambing this week yeah wow and i thank you so much for listening each and every week we really appreciate it and to everyone else we'll be back next week 